1: My god, I look at what he does and where he's going to line up. This is a guy that to me
2: has all the opportunity in the world to be the wide receiver 1.1. They always connect on those deep passes like they did last year. I'm like a centrist. 3 catches, 40 yards, 0 touchdowns. Then he goes nuclear. Yeah, just 10 went. targets, two, 201 yards, 4 touchdowns. That's the greatest hit I've ever seen. This is reception perception. The show. James Cole and Matt Harmon.
1: Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. Episode numero uno, Matt Harmon, on the show that you created, The Reception Perception, the
2: show. What's going on, man? Oh, my God. Long time coming to bring this to podcast form and very excited. And James, would you say that this show is... Almost like a blank slate. Like obviously, we did the reception perception show last year uh, for we our subscribers and everything, but it feels like this year, whole new territory, whole new ball game, and uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty gassed up about it. I mean, I, I don't know how between this and and my show with Yahoo, how I, I'm going to have a voice by the end of the season, but <laughs> I am excited about it either way.
1: I think it's fair to say we have never, and we will never, we will never see this kind of wide receiver movement ever again. I mean, we're talking about AJ Brown. We're talking about Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, we're talking about Amari Cooper to a degree too. Uh, not necessarily in that, you know, upper echelon tier. But again, a big name. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Moving on, you know what I mean? And it's just
2: Vontae Adams, the best receiver Devontae in football. Adams
1: going to the Raiders, like, we'll never see this kind of wide receiver movement ever again.
2: I mean, I would assume so. It's hard to imagine that, like, what next off season is, is Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup going to get traded? Probably not, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good time. Listen, buddy, it's, it's a good time to be it. in the wide receiver mm-hmm. business. It's a good time.
1: Yes. Indeed it is. All right. Uh, we've got a great show here lined up in front of us here today. We're going to try and knock out some of these dudes. Um, talk about some of these high-profile guys, man. Cooper Cup, we're definitely going to talk about. Alan Lazard, Michael Pittman. Maybe we'll get to a few more in uh, today's episode as well. All right. Can we just start right there, though? You mentioned Cooper Cup. Um, and if you are new to this whole reception perception thing, you know, for a long time, Matt, um, when I consumed your stuff, I really hyper-focused in on success rate versus man coverage and cooper cup is that one guy he's such an anomaly in so many different ways Mm. man the way this guy can dominate the position as a slot receiver is something we haven't seen for a long time the way that he can dominate this game as a zone beater is something that we haven't seen uh, fairly often, especially according to your metrics. You know, kind of give us a, a little breakdown. What are your thoughts on Cooper Cup's success rate versus man, which, by the way, wasn't that great, versus how dominant he was against zone coverage?
2: Yeah, I think, well, for one, we were right to focus so heavily in on success rate versus man coverage. You know, Josh Scott uh, did a great article on our website, a great in-depth study. If people haven't checked it out, they should. And it show, his work shows that, the most important metric for indicating future success, indicating future production is indeed success rate versus man coverage, no matter what, whether you line up as an X, a slot, a Z, whatever. If you beat man coverage at a high rate, you're going, odds are you're going to be good. Odds are you're going to put up numbers at some point. However, for these guys like Cooper cup, who line up at a high rate in the slot or off the line of scrimmage, you know, that aren't your traditional X receivers, the more snaps that you get, the higher rate of snaps that you take in the slot, the more important your success rate versus zone coverage is. And I think that's the important thing that we need to take both numbers together, especially depending on where you line up. So, Cooper Cup, you know, is a guy that doesn't. He doesn't do what your normal X receiver does. You know what, like Devonte Adams or Stephon Diggs. You know, back in the day, the the Julio Jones types of receivers. Um, he puts up numbers like those guys. But this is one of the things James that actually originally kind of sparked the idea of reception perception was, um, like, think about back in the day. I get this example a few times this offseason, but back in the day that like Patriots offense, which it feels crazy to say back in the day with this, but you know, when Randy Moss like put up a historic (laughs) touchdown season and Wes Welker was doing his thing out of the slot. I remember even just watching football back then and thinking those two guys both have WR next to their name, but they they're not doing anything similar to each other, you know, they they might as right. well be playing different positions and Cooper cup might as well be playing a different position than a guy like a Julio Jones in his prime, who was just that pure ISO X receiver. So alignment matters a lot. And when you look at Cooper cup, who last year in his sample snaps lined up 64.6% of his snaps in the slot, 7.4% in the backfield and was off the line of scrimmage, you know? And so that means he can move around pre-snap. He's not tethered to the line on 70.5% of his snaps. That means he's a guy that does need to beat a lot of zone coverage. He's going to get a lot of layup looks as that slot receiver for the Rams offense. And he just happens to be the best zone-beating receiver in the NFL and during the reception-perception <laughs> era. He's, his, he's right. He has multiple seasons over 80%, over 85% success rate for zone coverage. And then last year, obviously, he goes nuclear in the stat sheet. He goes nuclear in reception-perception, 91.4% success rate versus zone coverage last year that's obviously number one from last season but James it's also number two all time for the I entire know. reception perception database so RP backs it up he went nuclear last year we we gotta place a lot of importance for a guy that you know again just based on the numbers cooper cup saw main coverage on twenty seven percent of his uh, his sampled routes zone coverage seventy two percent of his sampled routes so it's more important that he beats some coverage because that's the type of coverage he's
1: <laughs> getting. Yeah, you, you mentioned number two historically only the great Antonio Brown, who by the way has the number one and the number three uh, all-time zone beating success rate uh, according to your metrics uh, historically in reception perception. Just just to give you an idea of how good freaking Antonio Brown was, but uh, oh, but yeah, he's I mean. It, just as good as Cooper Cup beating zone, and then just phenomenal beating man as well. It's like, oh my gosh, Antonio Brown was an absolute monster. Uh, but yeah, what what a uh, what a weird slide Antonio Brown uh, has had over yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, it's well, been a, a, little yeah. Bit, uh, yeah. Okay. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but going back to Cooper Cup's success rate versus man, what did he rank? He ranked uh, what thirtieth, thirty first uh, in twenty twenty one against man coverage, which again you you're looking we're talking about like the Nico Collinses of the world you know what i'm saying this is not this is not uh this is not high level stuff uh against man coverage so it does again surprise me quite a bit to see him be so successful
2: i think the thing about a guy like cooper Cup is a good example of this and this is the benefit of modern nfl coaching um because it opens up the possibility for other wide receivers. Um, I think mean, Cooper Cup has never been a great, I mean, he was really good against. It. By the way, like this, this what were you talking about last year, 67.6% success rate versus man, 76.7% success rate versus press, which is pretty good. only saw press coverage on 11% of his routes so and not a high rate. Those were right. solid numbers. Um, but they're like career bests for Cooper Cup. So there's definitely a level, and obviously the zone numbers are career best. He certainly took his game up a notch as an individual player last year, in addition to also getting hit with a huge quarterback upgrade. Um, right. The, Cooper Cup has talked about this where he spent this offseason, the past offseason, like studying coverage angles to be a better man coverage beater. So the data wow. backs that up. But the funny thing is, yeah, he's never been an elite. Press man coverage beater, but he's lined up so much off the line and in the slot that it really doesn't matter. And I know this sounds like a hot take to, for a guy that just led the freaking NFL and catches, yards, and touchdowns, but <laughs> I think that if Cooper Cup had ten come, come into the NFL like ten years ago, and there yeah. weren't these you know progressive coaches like Sean McVay, you know that whole tree, I think there's a chance that Cooper Cup, who's a bigger wide receiver, some dumbass coaching staff looks at him as like. Oh yeah, let's throw him out as our X receiver. And he might like legitimately be a guy who would have washed out of the league. I think, again, that sounds like a hot take, but it's a credit to Cooper cup, the player who there's a reason he's one of the best zone beaters in the NFL. He's super smart. And he's, he, he reads coverages like a quarterback. His dad was a quarterback. There was a chance he was going to play quarterback as a, right. as like a high school player. Um, so there's a lot of that. Obviously it's a credit to the player, but it's a credit to the coaching staff too. That that's made this ultra unique role for him that gets him into such advantageous spots.
1: Well, let's talk about Cooper Cup moving forward here, right? Uh, Looking into his 2022 prospects. Okay, last year, this guy just went absolutely bonkers, man. 191 targets for Cooper Cup, and he caught 145 of them. 75, 76% catch rate, man. Um, More than 1,900 yards. We're talking about 16 receiving touchdowns as well. I mean, just the fact that he got 10.2 yards per target talks about the efficiency uh, that this man saw in 2021 look it, it's matt it's impossible to say okay well hey let's uh, uh re- regression regression uh, yeah i get it you know i get it but still boy i, I tell you what with, with stafford there and let's pray nothing's wrong with stafford's elbow but if stafford's oh healthy and available tell me why cooper cup can't post you know another 1800 yards another you know 12 to 15 touchdowns why can't he do that
2: I mean, there's no reason that he can't. Again, and the funny thing is about I've talked to actually pro level receivers about this. You know, guys that don't play in the slot a ton, like like a Mike Evans. I had an interview with him a few months ago, and um, you know, he talked about how it's really hard. It's easier when you're that outside receiver to dedicate, you know, extra defenders, coverage, you know, double teams, whatever, shade safety to the outside. It's really hard to take away the slot receiver. It's really hard to take away you a guy that. Again, he's going to see a lot of coverage just by the design of defenses, and it's another thing too. To, to come back to the zone success rate, NFL coverage has changed a lot in the like since RP started in 2014 till now. There's so much more zone-based defenses going on out there. Like you're naturally going to get a lot of really good layup coverage looks, uh, and it's you can't just take your number one. Well, a lot of number one corners don't travel into the slot, so it's really hard right. for um, defenses to quote key in on or double cover Cooper Cup or something like that. So. I I don't I agree I don't see a path where you know he he can he's probably gonna regress he's probably not gonna repeat the triple crown you know leading NFL and catches yards and touchdowns but he's got so much room to regress and still be the number one receiver in fantasy or the number two or number three or whatever like I don't see any situation where like last year was not a flash in the pan uh for me I, I think he posts another big season this year and Honestly, you look at that passing offense. It's like Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Van Jefferson's hurt, and not a lot of other like target getters. So the Rams, I think, are just they're they've always been a team that just plays the hits, and I think they're just gonna play the hits again this year.
1: I totally agree with you. So it's like I I understand taking Jonathan Taylor one dot one. I that's the obvious call. I get it, but. But if we're talking about the safest pick in fantasy, I don't think you can get away from Cooper Cup. To me, is the safest pick in fantasy. You know you're going to get an absolute savage posting big numbers in 2022. That's why I'm I'm really intrigued, man. Like I get it. JT's the home run pick, man. And and um, and if I'm at 1.1, I, I'm probably taking JT too. But I'm just saying. I'm a lot more conflicted about it than a lot of other fantasy analysts. That's all I would say. That's how high I regard Cooper Cup coming into this season, man.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's just no way he doesn't smash this year. No way.
3: Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/audio. Visit IXL.com/audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
2: This is Reception Reception the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon.
1: All right, let's move on. Let's talk about um, – we'll, we'll kind of talk about an up-and-coming wide receiver. And we talked about Devontae Adams and, and, and the, the wide receiver movement there uh, going from Green Bay to Las Vegas. But what's left in Green Bay is Alan Lazard, this character Romeo Dobbs who we've never heard of before. And then they spent <laughs> a high draft pick on Christian Watson who – Watson right now, the training camp reports, they're not that great on Watson. You know, yeah. and, and actually, you chartered him – uh, for reception perception as well. You know what? Why don't we talk about both? Let's start with Alan Lazard and then we'll talk about Christian Watson, but Alan Lazard hit me. What should we expect? What did you see in 2021 and what should we expect in 2022?
2: Yeah, man. And you know that, um, I- I'm super busy hosting a lot of pods, doing a lot of stuff. I'm really tempted to dig back up the old college film and and put up a uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, rp profile because i think i've got enough games (laughs) to do it so maybe maybe that hits maybe that hits the reception perception site here soon if i can yeah let's go if i can find like five more hours in the week that'd be great to 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 get that done anyways um yeah alan lazard is fascinating because he doesn't play sort of like a cooper cup role but he definitely plays almost like a pseudo tight end role for the Green Bay Packers. They line him up in a lot of weird spots, you know, in reception perception, um, 36.3% of his snaps in the slot, 8.4% in the backfield, um, 27.1% outside left, 28% at outside right. So they really move him all over the place. He's done a little bit of everything. Look, Al Lazard is not some elite separator. 15th percentile against man coverage, 10th percentile (laughs) against zone coverage. Uh, So yeah, certainly not. Not at the elite level. Um, but I will say this. Okay. About okay wait, so, so, yeah. All right. So
1: we say, so, so we're saying this, right? And, and I look at these numbers for Alan Lazard and I'm saying to myself, okay, we have never seen a player like this post such low numbers and then still be good, right? Like it's rare to see players post these kind of numbers and still be, you know, again, categorically good. Uh, in not just fantasy, but in real life as well. So I don't know. T- yeah, I mean, tell do me what I'm wrong.
2: Do we think Alan Lazard is categorically good? Do, do, I, I mean, I, Aaron Rodgers does seem like him. He had him like at Thanksgiving three years ago or something like that. He's always, <laughs> he's always kind of, um, been banging the drum for more alan lazard uh, right i'll say this about lazard he, he does have good hands maybe that's why rogers likes him um percent contested catch rate he only dropped two passes over his rp sample they both came in one game um so the, he definitely has some good hands you know i, I look he actually does a lot of this he's not rp related but he's like 6'5 227 he does do a lot of really good work as a blocker and that's why he's in that sort of like slot role as a big part mm. of their run game um but again, I'm saying all this stuff, and like none of that is wow, he's a great wide receiver. I don't think Alan Lazard <laughs> is the great wide receiver. Um, I, I think he can help on on some layup looks, like the flat route success rate's really good, the out route success rate. I think he can help in that sort of way. But like we're talking about if he hits, we're talking about him hitting in like a poor, poor, poor man's um Cooper Cup type of role. I'm yeah, here's my thing, here's my thing, James. I know we were gonna talk about Christian Watson too. I actually don't at this point, like Christian Watson has been on the PUP talk about a guy. Aaron Rodgers has not even like named publicly, uh, yeah, but he yeah, does yeah. talk about ro- old Romeo exist. Dobbs all the time. Doesn't even exist. Yeah. And he's, it was a develop to, if you want to talk to Christian Watson, we can, but the long and short of it is he's a developmental prospect. I see the Packers as being a team that a lot, like all of these guys, you know, one of the rookies probably Dobbs at this point, Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobb, maybe Amari Rogers, like Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, whichever tight end emerges, um, even some of the running backs. I could see like six to seven guys on this team having between 500 and 800 yards, but nobody going like nine hundred or thousand. So I'll take like the Ugh. under on that for for Ugh. all of these guys. And honestly, I, James, don't you think? Don't you think when you look at the Packers, Ugh. like the best two players on this offense, I think without a question are besides Aaron Rodgers, are Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like they're going to run the hell out of the ball. They're going to play pretty slow and they're going to play good defense. And I think Aaron Jones has a chance to catch like 80 plus passes this year.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That would uh, that would float a lot of his value because right now there's so much concern that it's just going to be a straight 50, 50 split uh, between Jones and AJ Dillon, you know, and the thing is, Matt, the other Matt, Matt LaFleur, uh, man, he loves to run the ball. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like we talk about Rodgers and you know, this MVP, and like you know, he's rejuvenated his career and all these things, which is all of that is true, but at the same time, Green Bay, my god, you've talked about it, they run this weird old school style, run that ball right down your throat to style offense and they've kind of done all this window dressing to kind of like fool people into thinking they can pass the ball a lot but they just don't. They yeah. run the ball and then they run it more.
2: The Packers since Matt LeFleur, in the last three seasons under Matt LaFleur they've ranked 18th, 24th and 19th in plays run. Uh, the team the year where they dipped below 1000 plays run when they were 24th, that was Rodgers's 2020 MVP season. They've also ranked 14th right. and 11th in run play percentage the last two years. Like Jeez you we think again this is a rogers based offense because of the efficiency with which he plays but he's right. not a voluminous passer and that's why i kind of think like he's gonna drag some of these guys mm. to some to some relevant weeks God. he's gonna drag these guys <laughs> like alan lazard you know no. but they don't they don't have anybody that's even close to like a <clears throat> you know Devontae. like the funny thing about it like there's so much talk about well, you know, DeVonte Adams is losing Aaron Rodgers and it's a quarterback downgrade for to Derek Carr and it's certainly true it's inarguable it's a quarterback downgrade for Devontae Adams. Right. But Aaron Rodgers is losing the best receiver in football. Like <laughs> I think that that matters on the inverse too. I just think Green Bay like yeah. Rodgers can still be a super efficient <clears throat> passer and nobody on this offense can be like a big time uh, statistical receiver. But maybe okay, Dobbs can maybe I... Dobbs breaks maybe Dobbs breaks our, our mold here but we'll... <sighs>
1: you know I will I think I'm ready to unleash the, the hot take though. Uh, oh, and I you. was we're like
2: 20, we're only 20 minutes <laughs> in. So <laughs> I've
1: been, I've been, I've been kind of sort of sitting on it, man. I wasn't sure if I should, you know, if I'm really into it, man, but like, you know, I, I just feel like talking with you and this is a good place to kind of unleash it anyways. Cause who the hell cares? Right. But yeah, who cares? I'm ready, man. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely bust this year. Um, yeah. He's getting up there in age. He's got no, absolutely no reliable targets whatsoever. Um, and and again, you talk about losing De, uh, Devontae Adams. This is somebody who soaked up a hundred and seventy targets last year, man. Like, think about how, trying to divvy a hundred and seventy targets to a guy who you charted. In Alan Lazard as being okay, not a great receiver. Sammy yeah. Watkins well past his prime. Christian Watson's not ready for the big show. Some rando created character in Romeo Dobbs. Like, <laughs> where, where where are the 170 targets gonna go? So, so my my whole point is: yeah, okay, yeah, he's hyper-efficient, but maybe he's just hyper-efficient throwing to Devontae Adams. Is he gonna yeah. stay hyper efficient? throwing to these other, you know, rando guys on the Packers right now. And to me, I've never, ever, ever, I, I always say you could go check, go check the tapes, baby. I've never big, been big on the floor never, ever, ever. And LaFleur is going to have to coach his ass off, is going to have to game plan his ass off to go and, and lift this Packers offense. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, he's not that dude. He is oh, not man. that nice. dude. That spicy. yeah that is spicy. <laughs> so for me, I'm just feeling like man, this could be a big time big drop off for Aaron Rodgers uh coming to 2022. So I'll just go ahead and unleash that hot take right now. I'm
2: I'm in. I'm in on that. DeVonte Adams is again is the best receiver in football in reception perception again the goal of reception perception is to isolate wide receiver play from surrounding variables we're isolating devonte yeah. adams from aaron rodgers and when you right. do that through rp number 1 in success rate versus man number 3 in success rate versus zone number 1 in success rate versus press <laughs> and gets open at an above average rate on every single route on the route tree so yeah he's the best receiver in football it matters a lot when you lose a player like that. And I mean, Rogers has a lot of room to regress and still be fine, but yeah, I don't think he's going to do anything close to his MVP season. Cause you, you just lost a huge piece of the offense
1: um okay so they tried to replace Devonte adams with the with christian watson uh a, a rookie out of north dakota state and and man there's there's just from a physical standpoint there's so much to love right like you mm-hmm. know this guy is like a prime james co guy you know oh, <laughs> like yeah. six yeah. four two ten and he ripped off a 4'36 40 time um and a big and, and a big broad jump number two um big broad like a, an 11 foot broad jump or something just something crazy um this guy is is an explosive explosive athlete and yet matt it all the training camp reports are are not i mean they're just not even there it's like no. it's like it's like we were saying before it's like he doesn't exist i mean this is a high draft pick for the packers somebody that they're hoping steps in day one and contributes i'm not sure it's going to happen
2: you know, the Packers also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling this year. And I mean, you know, he's not even close to Devontae Adams, but he's like the lid lifter of the offense. And I think yeah. they were hoping that Christian Watson, at least in year one, could be the lid lifter of the offense. And um, I compared him in the uh, rookie roundup article on receptionperception.com, perception.com, like the, the mini samples that I did for some of the lower college prospects there, I compared him to like a, you know, Martavis Bryant type of player. And I think Martavis, I you know, Martavis Bryant was really good moving in the open field, really good tackle, you know, not just fast in the open field, but it could also rip it deep. And I think that is who Christian Watson is in a best case scenario. But he has so much development to do and he's not, I don't think he's getting that time at this point. So I'm I'm not I don't I don't really expect anything from Christian Watson this year. Um and 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 we'll see going forward.
1: Golly, that <clears throat> for the Packers hurts quite a bit because, again, as you mentioned, you lose MVS, you lose Devonte Adams. Where, where, where's the play action deep shots going? Like where? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to an ancient, old ass Sammy Watkins. I mean, this is what we're this is what we're depending on now. Sammy Watkins gonna be-
2: is actually is actually only 29 years old uh oh, somehow he's no, like he's, he's gotta he's the, be
1: the oldest 29, he's the oldest year, old
2: 29 year old on, on planet oh. earth yeah he, he turned 29 oh. this year in wow June.
1: <laughs> wow dude what how is he 29 i don't know i don't know you know all this talk though is is making me feel like you 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 got to take a stab at sammy watkins dude you know in fantasy late because his no because his adp is late dude you know where's where's he going let me look this up fantasy pros guy oh my gosh he's a free pick
2: yeah he's free he's at
1: mean... 212 he's the wide receiver 74 you got to take a stab at sammy watkins you just have to what?
2: i guess you know i literally. mean
1: who, the, who else is gonna get these deep shots there there is literally <laughs> no one else <laughs> i don't
2: know
1: I don't, I, know. I, don't don't know. I don't know i don't know i don't know all right all right let's move on my god, god. let's move on <laughs> jesus dude this this green bay offense could be uh, in shambles we could be could, we could be in week four talking about green bay in shambles uh, um, at least we're right. gonna
2: be talking about green bay playing boomer ball this year that's for sure they are definitely gonna run the hell oh. out of it.
1: And and you know what, man? That's the last thing we'll we'll do in bashing on the Packers. Somewhere Adam Rank is like smiling, but um yeah. but, <laughs> but not only are they gonna run that ball, cram it right down, it's like I, I just feel like all the passes are gonna be like within, you know, seven yards and in, you know? Yeah, it's gonna probably. be the most unexciting offense uh that you've seen in a bit, man. Like everything's gonna be inside, bro. Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm worried about this Green Bay offense.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride.
2: Perception, perception. The show now. James Cole
1: and Matt Harmon. Let's talk about Michael Pittman. Who, I am so gassed on, bro. Oh my gosh, I'm so gassed on Michael Pittman. I was, I do. Tell me, I wasn't gassed up on Michael Pittman last year. Yeah, we were.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh, we were both in big. On Michael Pittman, um, I, I love the the RP data surrounding Michael Pittman last year, and I love it again uh, going into 2022, man. But um, to me, this is sadly uh, a, an old-ass Matt Ryan is clearly, not even close, like clearly the best quarterback that Michael <laughs> Pittman has had in his young career.
2: Yeah, but I think that there's a chance – Oh, I mean, the Colts truly believe it. They were right. They kicked Carson Wentz out the door without even a backup plan. Like this Matt Ryan thing fell in their laps. They were probably like, I guess we can trade for busted Jimmy G or like sign Marcus (laughs) Mariota, but they were kicking Carson Wentz to the curb. No matter what they clearly (laughs) believe that Matt Ryan is a big upgrade. I also think Matt Ryan, when you look at like passer rating from a clean pocket, just accuracy rating at every level of the field, but certainly in the intermediate areas of the field. Matt Ryan's an upgrade uh, on what they got out of Carson Wentz last year. I also think stylistically he's a good fit for Michael Pittman. So let's bring it back to where we were last year with, with Michael Pittman. Um, you know, he hit that 70 plus percent success rate versus man number that we want to see from perimeter yep. breakout receivers. And obviously Michael Pitt went, went on to have a breakout season. So like check on our, on our box there, that was a good call. You actually compared him to Alan Robinson and compared some of his RP data to Allen Robinson from his rookie year. And just like we saw with Allen Robinson, Pittman, I went into, you know, charting his year 2 with high expectation or year uh, yeah, year 2 in with high expectations because of what he did as a rookie in RP, but right. freaking blew that out of the water. He was so Amazing. good in reception perception. 79th percentile success rate versus man, 88th percentile success rate versus zone, 96th percentile success rate versus press coverage. And James the Important thing I think with Michael Pittman's um profile, because he's a big receiver. I mean, I've seen people like it, I saw people becoming we I mean, came into the NFL comparing to like Kenny Galladay. Give me a break. Like, I think people thought that <laughs> Michael Pittman is a big right. jump ball receiver because of the, because of wide receiver stereotypes. And then when he played with Carson Wentz last year, and all he's doing is catching, you know, contested catch prayer balls down the field, because that's who Carson Wentz is people like double down on that kind of misunderstood identity. But when you look at Michael Pittman's route chart on reception perception, the dig route success rate, the slant route success rate, the curl route success rate, those like intermediate just thump guys over the head over and over again to pile up targets and catch on those yard or those routes. That's almost like Keenan Allen ish to me. I I think like Michael Pittman is like a blend between Allen Robinson and Keenan Allen and, I don't know about you, buddy, but that sounds like a pretty good receiver to me. Uh, I, I just think that, <laughs> yeah. Look, what's what's the negative for for Michael Pittman this year? Star level player in reception perception, gonna right. dominate the targets in Indianapolis. And I mean, unless Matt Ryan is toast, which I guess there's a, a risk of that because he's old. Um, that that's how's how does Michael Pittman fail this year? I think he's lined up to just go crazy this year.
1: I agree with you. I, I I've got him as, you know, a top seven or eight wide receiver in fantasy this year. Um, that would you know exceed his expectations because he's being drafted around, you know, wide receiver 13 to 15. Right. So yeah. for me, it's like, he is one of those guys that I, I will happily reach for. Um, and, and again, you're getting a pretty good price, uh, on Pittman this year, man. But, but overall, I, I and I get it, Matt Ryan, 37 years old. Um, and first of all, I, I always hate the comparisons. Oh, look how long Tom Brady played well for it's, uh, Tom Brady's a freaking alien. You know, it's like, yeah. whatever, yeah. let's just Drew go back Brees to the human. Like,
2: Drew, Drew Brees fell apart, you know, when he, as soon as he fell started, like,
1: apart, that's what I mean, you know? So, um, so back to like normal humans. And Matt Ryan's just a normal <laughs> human. <laughs> a guy. Um, yeah, 37 years old uh, is getting a little up there uh, in terms of age, but still though, Still, though, again, I go back to this is clearly the best quarterback uh, Pittman uh, has seen in his young career. And, and man, <laughs> it's so stupid. I, I always make fun of it, but I can't help it. I get drawn in by the training camp footage, man. I'm like, I know it's stupid to, to like watch these things and like get anything out of it. But, like, you know, it's, it's, it's clear to me that Matt Ryan and Pittman are spending a lot of time trying to talk, talk with each other and kind of learn each other's tendencies um, and man, I just, I'm so excited, dude. I, I am just, I'm so amped up, uh, about Michael Pittman this year, bro. Um, and, uh, I just want to get back to some of his RP data here. Right. So, um, so I look at a success rate versus man coverage, uh, 13th best, uh, from, from guys who charted here, uh, in 2021. And then his, uh, success rate versus, uh, press coverage was, you know, above 80 percentile or 80%, uh, six best, uh, among players you charted here and success rate versus zone, eighth best among players who charted in 2021. I, I don't know. Like I'm looking at these numbers, I'm like, I, I can't believe it. I honestly yeah. can't believe how good uh he charted out. And again, you would never know that because Carson Wentz played so poorly.
2: Yeah. And I mean Pittman still caught like 80, 80 plus passes, had a thousand yards. It just wasn't as exciting and um Yeah, exactly. I I think when you when you go through like on the reception perception data tables and you sort by like there's always a couple surprises, right? Like you sort of like, oh, I didn't expect to see that guy there. Pittman's the one that's like sort by man. Wow, he's pretty high up there. Sort by press. Like he's (laughs) he'll surprise you in every way. And also, James, like I said that he got kind of you know misunderstood because He's getting a bunch of jump balls playing with uh, Carson Wentz. He's still – he is a great jump ball receiver. He was third <laughs> in contested catch conversion last year. There you year. go. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm I mean, there's just – like I said, I'm it's all hard, it's, yeah, I'm it's all hard in. to get too high on Michael Pittman. You said you got him as a top 10 receiver. I was uh, doing the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast – subscribe wherever you get your, get your podcast – with Dalton Del go. Don today, and he's like – He's got him at wide receiver eight. I, I thought I was being cool ranking in wide receiver 12. I'm like, I clearly got to bump him up. Bump oh, him up and Oh, no, uh, yeah. What am I doing?
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. And, and like, I get it, you know, because again, like people are going to look at him and say, okay, you know, they look at the, you know, 68% catch rate raw, 68% catch rate and say, oh, okay, well, that's, that's not very good. You only had 1082 yards again, 17 game season, you know, That's not great. Six touchdowns. That's not great. Um, But man, it it feels like, boy, you talk about a guy that can make that jump. Oh, man. Michael Pittman could absolutely be that home run pick. Uh, And I'm really, really excited to see what he could do uh, in 2022.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
2: James Coe and Matt Harmon.
1: A player who is has done really well in RP. Um, and I was so gassed up for this dude. And I'm talking about Terry McLaurin coming into 2021 because i thought okay you know finally he's gonna pair with somebody who's just gonna pound him with targets you know we, we got the magical beard uh ryan fitzpatrick just gonna be hammering this dude with targets and then ryan fitzpatrick you know fell apart.
2: immediately hurt. so
1: immediately hurt, like exactly did he even get through one half i don't even think he got through a half. i don't
2: think so i don't think so I don't think so. It
1: was crazy, uh, and Terry McLaurin, all this, uh, all this gasoline I was throwing onto the the McLaurin hype train just, <laughs> it just blew up my face. Uh, but again, what did you see with Terry McLaurin uh, in charting his games from 2021? Uh, because again, there's just such negative vibes surrounding Terry McLaurin entering 2022. A lot of folks have said, "Ah, eh, maybe he's not that dude."
2: Well. I mean, we just talked about Carson Wentz with Michael Pittman. Carson Wentz is his quarterback now. Um, let's pause on that for a second and just talk about Terry McLaurin, the player. Yeah. Um, dude, oh, Terry McLaurin is so good. He was <laughs> – last year, 94th percentile success rate versus man, 94th percentile success rate versus press coverage. James, he went at – he was at or above – The average NFL success rate on every single route last year, he gets separation at every level while playing as a true X receiver. I feel it's great that you say like, Oh, people think he's not that dude. Uh, remember in 2017 and 2018 when people thought like Stefan Diggs might not be that dude? And then he yes. actually gets put in a good situation. And oh, shoot, turns out he's that dude. I feel the exact <laughs> same way about Terry McLaurin right now as I did about Stefan Diggs when Reception Perception had him as the number one success rate versus man coverage player, number one success rate versus press coverage player in that 2017 2018 run. Like, and then Diggs got in that right situation. Now with Terry McLaurin, we're Probably not in that situation here with Carson uh-huh. year, Commanders in 2022, but zero uh-huh. question about Terry McLaurin, the player. However, let's let's trend like let's try to see the silver linings about how this can slightly be better for Terry because you okay. mentioned it last. Year, like Ryan Fitzpatrick gone immediately and replaces him as ODU's finest, Taylor Heineke. Um, oy. Oy. yeah, and also by the way, like I think we forget too that it wasn't just, you know, like, did we lose Ryan Fitzpatrick immediately? You know, Curtis Samuel was never healthy last year. Logan Thomas, Lynchburg, Virginia's finest. He was, uh, hurt all that. He was on IR last year. Um, Deami Brown didn't do anything. Um, does
1: he, is he a real person? Deami Brown?
2: (laughs) I heard someone like mentioned that he like dropped a pass in training camp the other day. So no surprise there. Um, anyways, like you know, the uh, Antonio Gibson playing on like a broken shin. It was basically Terry McLaurin and the preseason boys last year for almost the entire year. And you know what? The data shows that Terry McLaurin was number three in percentage of routes doubled in reception perception. Um, behind Adam Davante Adams and Stefan Diggs. So like defenses knew there was one guy to take away. And this, James, this is this this if, if there is one stat to perfectly sum up Terry McLaurin's season last year, it's this. Terry McLaurin was fifth in reception perception and success rate versus man coverage, top five. But he was also number two in percentage of contested targets last year, behind only Chase Claypool. So he was getting open at an elite rate and still was being thrown into contested situations. God bless Taylor (laughs) Heineke, ODU's finest, but he can't drive the ball down the field. At least Carson Wentz can drive the ball down the field. Maybe Curtis Samuel does something this year. I'm not – I'm keeping a candle lit, but not optimistic – and Jahan Dotson, though, I think is a really good player. Like all these guys yeah. being added does help a lot. I think.
1: Um, no, you're right. The uh, the the there's been you know a, a pretty good steady buzz I think surrounding Dotson there in Washington. Um, yes, and, and nobody
2: cares. No, nobody seems no to care. One. Nobody like it's like Jahan Dotson's a great player. None of you even care. It's crazy <laughs> that he gets. I know it's because he plays with Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders, but right, John Dotson's going to be good, man. He's going to be really good.
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, um, I, I think what they are lacking to me is I, and I love, you know, I love Terry McLaurin, but Godly at some point you need to get some size in, in the wide receiver or in the pass catching room, you know, Dotson, small Curtis Samuel, small Terry McLaurin, small. Um, and it's, and it's great to kind of like have some of that, but man, at some point you got to get a big body guy. Um, because sometimes you just need that guy, you know, football's all about strategy. You know what I mean? It's like, if you have these chess pieces that you can move around, but when I look at Washington's offense, they don't have that one dude. Um, and especially for somebody like Carson Wentz, who a little scattershot, you know, probably not going to take, (laughs) not going to take full advantage of somebody like Terry McLaurin, who, again, as you say, great route runner separates for days, man. Um, but you got to get that ball out and on time, uh, and in an accurate spot. Is is whence that guy? Uh, I don't really know. And I do think as well that this team will have a proclivity to to run the ball and kind of feature their running backs too. You know, Jaden McKissick, I think, will get some work. Um, you know, they they spent a pretty high draft pick on Brian Robinson, a third rounder, I believe. Uh, Antonio Gibson, as you mentioned, was dealing with that shin uh, all year long. So excited to see what he could do. Uh, if he is healthy now, they did lose, um, a terrific offensive lineman in Brandon sheriff, but, Mm -hmm. um, but they did replace him. I thought pretty well, uh, Andrew Norwell in like an unofficial trade in Jacksonville. Uh, and then Trey Turner you know as well again i don't know how much trey well, turner has all, left in the all
2: tank. panthers guys ron rivera no. <laughs> does not realize that there was any other nfl players under the guy other than guys he's played with in carolina that's such <laughs> a Carson oh my Wentz, gosh except, except Carson Wentz. That,
1: that is such <laughs> a good point i forgot about the carolina connection oh my gosh that Dude, is oh my gosh everywhere. that's right it,
2: it's it's everywhere. it's curtis samuel former panther right um, right 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 you know right. any anytime you ask Ron Rivera about his running backs he either calls like <laughs> JD McKissick or Antonio Gibson like Christian McCaffrey like or I know he's he's related uh Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson to Jonathan Stewart d'angelo Williams oh, like no. it's it is great uh, I can't even how's Cam Newton not on this roster how's Cam not on the roster? <laughs> <laughs> um, and to, Marty, Herney's Marty Herney's in the front office, Marty Herdy's in the front office, former yep, Panthers yep, GM. And yep, 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 I yep, will yep. say that I will to one more Panthers connection. I do actually kind of like offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, who by the way, son of North Turner and was the play caller for one year in Carolina before Ryan right. got fired in 2019. Correct. And correct. Turner's Turner's offenses over the last three years have ranked 17th, ninth and sixth in plays run. And these teams have averaged a rushing percentage of just 39. Like, they, Turner, even though we think of R- Rivera as kind of like a, a bully ball head coach, like a, a kind yeah. of a not quite Mike Zimmer, old curmudgeon boomer-esque, but we think of no. Rivera that way, right? sort of. They, his teams actually have, under Scott, under Young Turner, Scott Turner, have played fast and have tried to throw in the ball at a really high rate. The, the only year they've slowed down was last year when they had Heineke in the preseason boys
1: right 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 okay that makes a lot of sense to me all right so yeah um i i I don't know what to do with terry mclaurin uh in 2022 but you know i feel like he'll fall to you um because there's no there's absolutely no buzz uh surrounding terry mclaurin right now he's uh you know top uh top 45 player according to fantasy pros the wide receiver 16 uh espm has him ranked at 40 overall so you know, I don't think anyone's going to be reaching for him. But at the same time, it's like if I get him in the fourth, fifth round, I'm not going to be mad about it either. You know, I mean, yeah. again, he did not have an exciting season last year. There's no question. You know, he had one hundred and thirty targets, just a fifty nine percent catch rate because, again, quarterback play was so bad. Just thousand and fifty three yards and five receiving touchdowns as well. So, again, nothing exciting at all you stretched out over 17 games and it's like all right how many how many games did Terry McLaurin actually help you you know what I mean um it just wasn't that many I I think he was a solid contributor but man there were definitely some weeks where he hurt you because that offense was so bad oh my gosh